the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, January the 7th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1789, America held its first presidential election. Voters chose electors, who a month later selected George Washington to be the nation's first chief executive. The Electoral College was born to make it fair the presidential elections fair for the country. Today in 1904, the Marconi International Marine Communication Company of London they announced that the telegraphed letters CQD would serve as a maritime distress call. I don't know, could you remember those letters? I mean, if your boat is sinking, you'd be trying to figure out CQD or was it CDQ? Uh, anyway, it didn't work out. Later... They changed the letters to SOS. Today, in 1927, commercial transatlantic telephone service was inaugurated between New York and London. And today, in 1934, 6,000 pastors gathered in Berlin. They defied the Nazis, and they said, We will not be silent. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wasn't silent. He was sent to prison and ultimately was hanged with a piano string wire. But they said, we will not be quiet. We will not be silent. We need pastors today who will take that same position on the issues in our culture, in our world. 6,000 pastors in Berlin, in the face of Nazis, said, we will not be silent. Today, in 1953, President Truman announced in his State of the Union message to Congress that the United States had developed a hydrogen bomb. Today, in 1972, Lewis Powell and William Rehnquist were sworn in as the 99th and 100th members of the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court. Today, in 1999, for the second time in history, An impeached American president went on trial before the Senate. President Bill Clinton faced charges of perjury and obstruction of justice. He was acquitted. Today in 2004, President George W. Bush proposed legal status, at least temporarily, he said, for millions of immigrants improperly working in the U.S. I read something this morning. I hadn't seen the quote before, but it Sounds like her. Golda Meir, Israeli prime minister. She lived from 1898 to 1978. Very prominent woman in the world. Loved her country, of course, Israel. She said this, quote, One cannot and must not try to erase the past merely because it does not fit the present. That is so very, very true. Over the last decade, we've seen so many changes brought about. 
I've said that a number of times on this program. I've said it to my family. They probably have heard it more times than they want to, but I never thought I'd live to see the day when some of the things that are happening today within the church, within the culture, within the world, but particularly in our nation, I've seen things happen that I never thought would happen. I mentioned recently in a letter to those of you who support us financially, I talked a little bit about the Roman Empire and some of the parallels. Oh, there are things about the Roman Empire that does not parallel America. They're different. We'll be talking about that in the days to come, some, but there are many parallels, too many parallels. But we look at things that are happening today and There is that group within our culture who want to, they're called progressives. They want to erase history. They do. I was thinking, I was thinking Mark Twain said a lot of things that are quotable. But Mark Twain once said, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. (laughs) What should repeat itself is a Christian's response in the face of some of the changes and challenges. This isn't Berlin, and Hitler isn't on the rise, but there are other challenges to America. There are other challenges to Christianity, to the faith. What we should repeat to ourselves often is our response in the face of changes and challenges. We should remember again and again and again, trusting and obeying God and His Word. There's there's nothing more valuable. There's nothing more important than standing on the word of God. This is true. Yeah, Twain said some things I don't agree with, but I certainly agree with this. Changes that not only rhyme with the liberalizing changes of, say, the last decade, not to even consider our lifetime, some of us who are over 40, but that would seek The changes that we've seen seek to overthrow God, His revelation. We see it in the Methodist Church. We see it in our culture. We see it in the mainline churches. Affirming sin, homosexuality, same-sex marriage. Affirming it rather than restoring those who have fallen into the destructive behavior. The Word of the Lord stands forever. I was reading the other day in 1 Peter. I looked it up to be sure I got the quote right. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 25 says, The word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was proclaimed to you. The Bible that we have now. I think that's an important factor that we must always remember when we're looking at what's happening in our world as we speak. I always try to look at things from a biblical perspective. We try to look at it through the lens of the Bible because otherwise it is chaotic. It will drive a person to fear. It will drive a person to really to withdrawing and not even wanting to hear the news, not even wanting to know what's going on in our world. And that's the last thing that God wants for his people. He wants us to be an informed, righteous people, not in our own self-righteousness, but in his righteousness, pursuing the Lord, understanding our culture, speaking to the culture, 
encouraging people, telling them the gospel of Jesus Christ, not just arguing against some of the things that we disagree with, although we will, but also saying there is a better way. The gospel of Jesus Christ changes a life, and changed lives change cultures. Yesterday, uh, CNN wrote a uh, wrote an article. I just have to mention this to you. <laughs> it was a feature article. Christina Amapour. I met her once. She was in Seattle some years ago, and she was doing a thing. She's very, very liberal. And um, anyway, I don't know her, but I've met her. But anyway, she wrote wrote this story or published it on online, and I, th- I think it might have been printed as well. I'm not sure, but anyway, on CNN yesterday. And the headline was, Scientist, colon, I'm certain climate change caused Australia fires. Amapur would like that. She thrives on that kind of thing. She began her story with this. I'm not going to go through the story. I mean, you you know what the end of the story is. Climate change, climate change, climate crisis, whatever. But anyway, she starts her story with this. As Australia burns, its leading climate scientist, Australia's leading climate scientist, Tim Flannery, calls for an end to climate denial and his country's addiction to coal. So you can fill in the blanks. You know what the rest of the story is about. Like, hey, we told you so. The climate is changing. It's your fault. If you didn't burn coal, the earth wouldn't burn up and so on. At the same time, as she was publishing this kind of featured story, There were stories in every major newspaper in Australia that was talking about the fact that this is one of the headlines, but they're all saying the same thing. 24 Australians in the state of New South Wales alone have been arrested for intentionally setting bushfires as a record number of blazes continue to burn across the country. This is a long story and it's factual. It goes on to say more suspects are expected to be questioned in the coming days as local police work to find and apprehend the culprits. The Sydney Morning uh, Herald, the New South Wales uh, Herald, I think it is, all these newspapers are saying the same thing. They're saying, man, we've got a problem. All these people are out there. They have arrested 24. There's 83 that are being questioned. This doctor... um, In fact, they've arrested 183 people before the 24 they reported yesterday. This Dr. Paul Reed, he's the co-director of the National Center for Research for Bushfire and Arson. He's telling ABC News, also carried it here in in our country, the story of all these bushfires and how people are starting them. Well, Dr. Paul Reed seems to be highly respected in Australia. I don't know anything about him except what I'm looking at here on this article, but he says, he told ABC News yesterday about 85% of the fires are related to human activity. 13% are confirmed arson, 37% suspected arson, and he said the the remainder of the fires are usually due to reckless fire lighting or even just children playing with fire. Dr. Reed said holidays and summer were a bad combination when it came to criminal fire starters he said school holidays it's summertime there as you know he said school holidays are a prime time for firebugs but especially over summer he said the kids have 
got time to get out there and light, and the most dangerous adults choose the hot days. Man, that doesn't sound like coal is starting those fires to me. But then that's the world we live in. If you don't like history, if you don't like what's happening, just erase it and change it. That's the M.O. of the progressive. That's why we're in such a mess in our culture today. I got this note from a, a listener. Dear Gary and everyone at the ministry, thank you so much for the blog, website, and especially the daily radio. It's so nice to get news perspective and commentary from a biblical and Christian perspective. I used to listen to you when driving through Yakima on ACN and was really happy to hear you on 820, the word, in Seattle. I live in Pierce County. He lives in Tacoma. It's good to hear an objective truth, biblical perspective on news, events, politics, and government in western Washington, exclamation point. God bless you and your family. Keep up the good and essential work. Praying for you. Thank you so much. If you're listening, you know that's your note. Thank you so much. I won't mention your name. I don't mention people's names on this program for a number of reasons. Some are pretty obvious. Got this note in the mail from Moses Lake, Washington. Dear Gary, I'm a new listener. I've enjoyed um, and agreed with all you have to say. Keep it up. We believe in what you're doing and are thankful so much for all that you, all your hard work and dedication. We will be out of the country. This is from a doctor, medical doctor and his wife. We will be out of the country until the middle of March. So we're sending in our support early for three months. Keep up the good work. I don't know if they're out of the country yet or not. They probably are, but I just thought I'd read that. I mean, it's something to think about. If you're taking off for the desert, you're going to be gone. We'll still be here. And our budget just rolls along, just like your personal budget does. I know you're smiling. You understand. Thank you, doctor, if you're listening. If you're not, thank you anyway. So they wrote a check for three months because they're not going to be here. They're going to be out of the country. We need your support each month. It's vital to keep us going. It is. I know some ministries, you hear these reports, they have large uh, amounts of reserve cash and so on, especially some of the liberal so-called religious organizations. They have huge amounts. I mean, sometimes it's in the news. We don't have that. We're not huge anyway, but we don't have any reserves. Each month we look at our budget. We start with zero, and our budget gets paid. We're current on our bills because of you. We're able to continue this each day because of you, and I want to thank you for that. We need your help, especially in Seattle, where we have just recently got on the air. It's an expensive market. We need your help. If you're listening in that area, please consider joining us and helping support this ministry. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. And again, thank you so much. Nancy Pelosi has introduced a war powers resolution to stop Trump. That's all it's about. 
It's not about the truth. It's not about legitimacy. She wrote a letter to her Democratic colleagues Monday. She told her colleagues and the press, of course, that she's introducing a new war powers resolution. She may do it today. She says she's going to do it this week. She said it's intended to stop President Trump from taking any more action against Iran. This would, in fact, amount to a preemptive surrender to Iran. It will neutralize the power of the President of the United States. She is trying to do, as Speaker of the House, what these second-rate judges have been doing to the President over the last number of, number of, of years in regards to immigration. President Trump has tried to control immigration into our country, which was a given until recent years. <coughs> Excuse me. In recent years, it, the liberals have decided, the progressives, so-called, that borders <coughs> are not important. In fact, George Soros and his billions of dollars work every day to tear down the borders of this country and others as well. They believe in open borders. A judge somewhere in Washington State, it's happened several times in Port Orchard and different places. Bob Ferguson, the Attorney General, will find a judge who will agree with him and he'll file suit against the President of the United States. And one state Attorney General and a judge off out in some place that's complicit with the actions and complicit with the progressive ideology becomes an activist and they rule against the president and one judge in one state can stop the president of the United States from carrying out what he feels is best for America. America has elected that president, whomever it is. It doesn't matter if it's Donald Trump or or Bill Clinton or Barack Obama, whomever. The will of the people put the president in the office or he wouldn't be there. Yet one judge, that's called judicial activism, one judge can fiddle with the president of the United States and manipulate that president while he's trying to do his job as he sees fit. Well, that's what's going on now with Nancy Pelosi. She's not a job, but she's not nationally elected. She's from San Francisco. And I thought she was a far-left activist. I mean, I've always felt that way. I pretty well understood where she was coming from. But I had no, I had no, really, no understanding of how deep her hatred is for Donald Trump. It runs deep. People are asking, does she really have the power to do this? There's people with law degrees saying, no, she really doesn't. Anyway, Sunday, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, she wrote this letter. The letter goes like this. This is the letter. I'm looking at it. She says, Dear Democratic colleague, last week the Trump administration conducted a provocative and disproportionate military airstrike. I'm going to come back to those two words, so keep those in mind, provocative and disproportionate. Those are not just descriptive words. Those are trigger, trigger words. Anyway, military airstrike targeting high-level Iranian military officials. This action endangered our service members, diplomats, and others by risking a serious escalation of tensions with Iran. 
As members of Congress, our first responsibility is to keep the American people safe. Yeah, right, Nancy. Anyway, she continues. For this reason, we are concerned that the administration took this action without the consultation of Congress and without respect for Congress's war powers granted to it by the Constitution. Let me just pause for a moment. There's another paragraph. I'll read it to you in a moment. I mentioned yesterday on the program, if you were listening, that President Trump did brief a number of people in Congress after he had ordered that strike that killed Soleimani in in um, in Iraq. It, now, before before they could turn the lights out on the briefing room, honestly, the, somebody in that room had leaked what the president said to the New York Times, and the New York Times had published it online before they walked out of the briefing room that was supposed to be confidential to Congress. Now, I'm a simple man. I grew up on an apple orchard in Washington State. But you tell me why a president might not want to tell Nancy Pelosi what he's going to do before he does it because she would be on the phone or on the Internet or one of her cohorts would be telling Soleimani, hey, you better duck Trump's after you or whatever. Boy, I'll tell you, what have, where has common sense gone with these people? I mean, I don't know. It's probably just me. Anyway, Pelosi says this week the House will introduce and vote on a war powers resolution to limit the president's military action regarding Iran. She's not timid about her motives. She said this resolution is similar to the resolution introduced by Senator Tim Kaine in the Senate. It reasserts Congress's long-established oversight responsibilities by mandating that if no further congressional action is taken, the administration's military hostilities with regard to Iran cease within 30 days. Nancy says the House resol- in her letter, the House resolution will be led by Congresswoman Alyssa uh, Slotkin, Congresswoman Slotkin is a former CIA and uh, Department of Defense analyst, Nancy says, specializing in Shia militias. She served multiple tours in the region under both Democrat and Republican administrations. Well, that's kind of a misleading statement. That's that's half true. Anyway, I I don't want to get into that, but trust me, it's half. That isn't exactly the way it is, but. She was on her way out during the Republican ministry. But anyway, I greatly appreciate the solemnity, Nancy Pelosi says, to Congress, with which all of our members are working to honor our responsibility to protect American lives and values. Thank you for your patriotic leadership during this difficult time. You'll note that Pelosi is suggesting that the attack on Terrace Soleimani was illegal under international law and could constitute a war crime against Donald Trump. That's what she's doing. Harvard Law School professor emeritus, and he's a Democrat who voted for Hillary, Alan Dershowitz, he was saying yesterday in the Wall Street Journal that Trump's strike on the terrorists was not only lawful, he didn't even vote for Trump. But he says it was not only lawful, but he said it's an easy call. I'm quoting uh, law school professor, Harvard Law School professor, Dershowitz. He said the president has the constitutional authority to take military actions short of declaring war 
that he and his advisors deem necessary to protect American citizens. This authority is extremely broad, especially when the actions must, by their nature, be kept secret from the intended target. That's why Trump didn't tell Nancy what he was doing a couple days in advance. Pelosi and her far-left so-called progressives are so fixated on destroying this presidency that they seem unconcerned about any constitutionality for their own actions. These actions are being taken under the guise of protecting our Constitution and American lives. By declaring Trump's action, quote, provocative and disproportionate, her resolution is inviting international prosecution of the president, as well as members of his administration and the military itself who carried out the orders. She knows that. They have these international war crimes things. America has stayed away from that. We don't believe in globalism. We don't want a one-world government. We don't want one tribe of people, of elites, trying to run the world like some of the elites are trying to run America now. We don't want that. And yet she is setting this up using language that triggers, at least some will be saying, the necessity for an international hearing and an international charges of war crimes against Donald Trump. Traditionally, the United States has never recognized the authority of the International Criminal Court, ICC, to prosecute Americans for war crimes. But Pelosi is going that far. It won't happen. But that's what she's trying to do. At the same time, and this, a lot of this is happening, but I'll just give you one example. Comedian, not so funny comedian, George Lopez. He's well known among the comedian folks, I guess. He has a different plan. He's suggesting that President Trump be decapitated. Literally, he said that. Iran has put out word that they will, would pay $80 million in U.S., a bounty for the head of Donald Trump from a country that's known for beheading people. That's get your attention. The $80 million would probably come from the $1 billion cash that Barack Obama delivered to them in the middle of the night on the airport. The airport, we saw pictures of it. We know it happened. Chicano World had tweeted, Iranian authorities have put a bounty on American President Donald Trump's head during the televised funeral of General Qasem Soleimani after he was assassinated last week. What are your thoughts? Not-so-funny comedian George Lopez tweeted right back, We'll do it for half. I'm wondering if the authorities are looking into this physical threat against the President of the United States. Probably not. Because he's out there today all over the place, and the media, is, of course, is assisting him. He's saying, oh, it was just a joke. Come on, you guys, lighten up. This was just a joke. In this kind of an environment, that's not a joke. It's not funny. I mentioned yesterday that filmmaker Michael Moore, on Sunday, he offered Ayatollah Khomeini his special assistance. He said, trust me, we'll take care of this. He said, I just sent the Ayatollah of Iran a personal appeal asking him not to respond to our assassination, but rather let me and millions of Americans fix this peacefully. I assume he means the election. I hope that's what he means. Actress McCowan, I mentioned her yesterday. She's begging Iran, please do not kill us. Those are her words. Nancy Pelosi is a nut. 
Why is she doing this? She doesn't care about America. She hates Trump more than she loves America. The Wall Street Journal said yesterday that the impeachment articles that Pelosi is refusing to forward to the Senate will fall on legal grounds alone. There's nothing in them. There are no charges. 